I think I was saying to someone, when the apocalypse comes, comedians and cars getting coffee will continue through the wasteland. That's how like insular his life is. It will be that and uh, carpool karaoke. Just Absolutely. the two rich people driving through trash. Or, like, Survivors in yeah. tanks searching for <laughs> refuge. <laughs> Welcome to That's Rich, the historical gossip podcast that talks about rich people and the weird things that they do with their money throughout history. I'm Rory Kelly. And I'm Daniel McKeown. We are two people who spend a lot of time on Wikipedia looking up about rich people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's definitely the most readable. Um, oh man, yeah. Way better than like, you know, the natural disasters Wikipedia page. <laughs> or actual, <laughs> actual research. Is much more yeah, real yeah. Or real, real events. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a podcast where every week one of us researches a strange, eccentric, weird rich thing from history mm-hmm. uh, and present it to the other one and we talk about it uh, and generally try to have a laugh about uh, what kind of weird things happen when people accumulate a lot of money. Just chuckling until the guillotine swings. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good swing. <laughs> It'll come for you. It will. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're not safe. We're I'm going to be like, yeah, do it. Uh, do it, guys. Yeah. Get him. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Jokes from the stoop of the guillotine yeah. <laughs> provided you... Dan, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm a little bit uh, under the weather. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, dear listener. Uh, I'm a little bit... I. I my diet of just coffee and fried chicken has really come back to get me. Uh, but I'm on the green tea, which I think is antioxidant. Antioxidant. <laughs> so I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that will cure all your problems. Um, how are you? I'm good, yeah. Similar sort of thing where I'm realizing that uh, four hours sleep and the occasional anxiety cigarette uh, is not like <laughs> the best thing for you in the world. Why does anxiety cigarette sound so cool, though? <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite 1975 <laughs> Um, anxiety brackets that's that is fair right so dan anything in the news uh world what you had a name for the segment yeah um, wanna, we, we can kick off with our segment uh called minor royalties which i think is a cool one a cool name as you you might have remembered it before it was like yo low yield investments is <laughs> Some bollocks phrase I couldn't go on. I um, said microtransactions, but that's the okay. video game thing. That's not a real money thing. But it makes sense. Like they, they could get. It. We we'll keep we can keep debating. We're gonna keep workshopping it. If this is your first time listening, you'll realize our segments are hodgepodge at best. <laughs> <laughs> Slap down. Podcast is, is nothing if not um, in progress. Yeah, there was. It will be a bit dated now, but I think it's kind of evergreen. Chrissy Teigen did a uh, an ask me anything about rich people lives on Twitter, like as a thread. Gotta say, pretty weak shit from old Christine. Oh fuck! Pretty like the only thing was that like uh, there is another terminal that's like an exclusive terminal that you can go to if you're rich and they drive you there and it's all very yeah it's all very fucking hell I knew that yeah (laughs) you know that's all she really revealed and then it was like apparently there's lots of sending flowers back and forth um I know what What can I say Chrissy's not the person as in but no no, hang on 
more than nine people send flowers to each other. It's just Chrissy Teigen thing. There are these things called flowers. Yeah. We cut them out of the ground and we send them to each other. Oh, oh you don't need... They, they can't hear about the flowers. <laughs> John's like, are you sure? John's like, <laughs> Chrissy, they will come for you. So, um, come on, Chrissy. Tell us about the weird heart medications that only you guys have. And, tell um, us about the eyes wide shut orgies. The worthy orgies, Chrissy. Um, but that's all I've got. Anything uh, off the top of your dome? Um, nothing much, although I did see an article in uh, Business Insider today, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite publications for uh, inserting worms directly into my brain. Of course. Um, <laughs> that talked about how uh, Kate Middleton said that while she was, this is a news article published in a, in a major publication, well, okay. not major, but a significant publication uh, that said that when Kate Middleton and Prince William were at university together, he would try to woo her uh, by uh, cooking uh, things for her, like bolognese. Shut the front door. <laughs> he knows his way around a bolognese. Yeah, he knows. He knows the uh, most basic dish ever. And and this was news. And I was. It got me thinking. How how bad would the bolognese have to be to get her to stop dating him? Oh, given wow, that, like, yeah. she's being offered the throne of a of a sovereign nation. How far awry can you go on a bolognese? I think he could cook it without meat. And I don't mean with a substitute. I mean, like, he could put, like, tomatoes in a pan and yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. bolognese, right? And she'd be like, yeah, nothing he's ever eaten has come out of a tin. I don't know. No. What <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't believe this. I, I just, as a side note, I don't believe this, like, thing of, like, they were just, like, regular uni oh students. Oh, my God. They were not. They were not. <laughs> well, aside from the fact that they went to the University of St. Andrews, which is basically, like, you know, the kingdom in the sky from yeah. every fantasy novel you've ever read. He definitely called it Bolognese and he didn't <laughs> correct him. <laughs> he still comes at that. It's really yeah. rough. No one, no one has the heart to tell him. Can't wait for the crown season seven to tackle this. This hot, this hot juice. <laughs> hot juice. That's hot what I said. Juice. Yeah. It's hot juice. We got the hot juice you want. Tea. <laughs> this is also maybe known. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, Rory, you have researched, you, you've, been a diligent little beaver and you've come up with uh what, what is your topic i'm really excited to hear what you're right talking. so today uh we are going to be discussing uh the life and later years in particular uh of writer actor director and most importantly wine salesman uh, Orson Welles. Oh, I didn't know he said uh, wine. <laughs> I'd, I'd, add, I'd add sassy pants to that. <laughs> you didn't know he's... I've shown you this thing. No, tell so, me. Wait, wait, okay. So we're going to be talking about uh, Orson Welles, who is regarded as one of the you know greatest directors uh, of all time, mm-hmm. but also, at the end of his life, sold out hard uh, and made many... Very cursed, very strange advertisements. Okay. Basically anything. And we're going to be talking about his life around this period in the last mm-hmm. like 15 years of his life. Mm-hmm. So Orson Welles is, as I said, regarded as one of the greatest directors of all time. He was born in... No, <laughs> Just say, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> I heard Orson Welles and I thought you meant the guy that wrote Dorian Gray. <laughs> Oscar Wilde. Yeah, that's the one. Because this <laughs> OW, I was like, I just. Oh my god. Because I guess, I guess, I guess my, I guess my, uh, my attention span is at a point where I just hear noises and I guess I assume what it is. Welcome like, to this. Oh, oh, it must be, it must be uh, Oscar Wilde. What he said <laughs> it sounded generally like it. <laughs> wow. Welcome I'm to really this. Very dumb, aren't I? <laughs> I'm welcome. scaring myself without. Welcome to this history podcast. <laughs> 
where one of the co-hosts is tricked by initials. <laughs> you start, you go on. You go right, on. so, Orson Welles, director of many films, Citizen Kane, The Third Man, A Touch of Evil, mm. The Chimes of Midnight, many other Shakespeare adaptations. Uh, 1941's Citizen Kane is regarded as one of the greatest films ever made. Uh, Wells was born in Kenosha, Wisconsin. His father was an inventor who worked for a manufacturer of bicycle lamps, mm -hmm. which is, you know, uh, a gig economy thing that I relate to. Someone's going to do it. Exactly, yeah. Someone's going to put lamps on bicycles now. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they'd just be stealth. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, and his mother was a musician and activist involved in suffragist activities. Oh, um, cool. She died when Orson was nine, and his father died six years later, mm -hmm. uh, largely because of alcohol abuse. He was an orphan at the age of 15. He worked a lot in theatre, playing many roles, um, and becoming very, very popular very young, and very famously his 1938 uh, War of the Worlds hoax, where on a radio show he read out segments of the H.G. Wells novel War of the Worlds, which mm -hmm. is about aliens attacking the Earth. Cool. Uh, convinced a certain number of people that there were actual aliens Just invading the world. Through his performance. Through his performance. So this was at a time, I mean, some people think this is overhyped, um, but this is at a time when radio was regarded basically as sacrosanct. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. You know, yeah, yeah. They had, had the moral authority that podcasts do now. Uh, and, um, <laughs> Only and, if you have a compelling voice. <laughs> exactly. Only yeah. if you can really bring it in. Yeah, yeah exactly. The Orson Welles pod voice. Uh, remain, you know, no vocal fry for this guy. <laughs> Booming, you know, observations. Wow. I haven't heard those. I'm actually have you ever heard that story? No, no. I, I've, I haven't. No. I actually know very little about no. it. So that's an amazing story that, that apparently caused panic in the streets and, and people fleeing their homes, people terrified. He gave a very convincing performance as a news as a newsman. He played up that element of his career throughout the rest of his life as a sort of a trickster and a liar. And, uh -huh. you know. Despite all of this, despite this monumental success, I mean, there were photo shoots of this guy with, you know, busts of Shakespeare. He mm -hmm. was compared to every great artist that there's ever been. He was compared to Oscar Wilde a lot because yes. he's very funny. I would, um, and he is to this day, <laughs> compared to and conflated with <laughs> by idiots. Um, he wrote a thing, it's the same. It's the same. Moved a century apart. Mm. Um, how, despite this, towards the end of Orson Welles' life, he found it extremely difficult to make money. Okay. He couldn't get a job directing a film uh, with a major studio in Hollywood and was forced to self-fund his own projects. Was that because he was uh, difficult to work with or because was he just like didn't have the pull he had when he was like like a classic filmmaker? Uh, it was a combination. Uh, it was both things, largely. Some of Orson Welles' films weren't doing that well commercially, but equally, uh -huh. he could be a bit temperamental. No, um, just as a side note, I, I'm just hearing the... Uh, it, it, it's always so funny. It's a bit like, you know those... I think it's Looper videos where, like, why you don't hear from Brendan Fraser anymore? And they just give very businessy reasons. Like, <laughs> oh, his films weren't getting money. Um, he People didn't like him. It's just like, oh, I guess that's why... Yeah, I guess yeah, it's exactly. just depressingly stoic. Is yeah. the reason. Just like, or often something like... It'll be like family tragedy, and you're like, oh god, this is gonna be bad, isn't yeah, it? And yeah. it's like a terrible thing happened to Brendan Fraser. Yeah, and I'm like, of course, Brendan Fraser. It's like death of a salesman level depressing in his life. Like, it really upsets me. I don't even like joking about it. Quite yeah, frankly, no, I agree. Yeah, Orson Welles. He could he could um, be very controlling of all his projects. Uh -huh. He would. Uh, moved to work on different ones right in the middle um he was also very annoyed about studio interference which happens which happened quite a lot to his films uh -huh. after citizen kane which he actually had final cut approval over um something that he was always very keen to get back and yeah is that why he included the grossest lip shot in the opening of a movie ever in citizen kane it's because i think if there was any oversight 
from anyone that would have been taken out. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, re- I remember watching that so vividly because it was like, because everyone, because it was built, I watched for a class and it's built out like, this is, you know, it's ahead of its time, sure. But like, also it's like, ah, oh, God, like, yeah. you know, we just, that's like the most important part of the film. I, yeah. I have to remember to understand the film because otherwise, if you miss that bit, you miss the whole film. <laughs> like, and like, it's like, right there like, absolutely oh, and it's so told good. as high art it's like if you know you were told to listen to Beethoven's fifth and it begins with like five minutes of <laughs> <laughs> the lips smacking against the mic and like oh. okay here we go <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, it's that it's, gross no though. it's really no it is though like that's why um <laughs> yeah um right so in lieu of directing work in order to self-fund his own project uh, he appeared on tv a lot he was a main staple guest uh on talk shows uh, he did cameo appearances and things he did voiceover work uh he also narrated a documentary called bugs bunny superstar about bugs bunny which actually sounds great oh, okay but most importantly for our purposes today he did a lot of ads and i'm just going to list you uh, i don't even think this is a complete list of all the things that orson welles advertised uh, okay. largely after the year of 1970 when he did most of his advertising work these included carlsberg beer Dominic sherry Sandyman's Port, Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey, Nika Japanese G&G Whiskey, Perrier Mineral Water, Nashua, Photocopy, Nashua Photocopiers, Vivitar Instant Cameras, Preview Pay-Per-View Television, The Board Game Dark Tower, Eastern Airlines, Texaco, Shredded Wheat, Hayden Flower Mills, Lone Star Cement, and Findus Frozen Foods. And a partridge <laughs> in a pear tree. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Orson Welles. <laughs> Speaking for partridge in a pear tree. Whenever so, I ladies leaping, whenever I require the meat of a, of a tree-born bird. Okay, you can't just drop a quite good Orson Welles. Was that right? I think that's pretty good. I've been doing it all day, but I actually yeah. think it sucks. But that was the definitely best I've done it. No promises um, coming back. Wow, I would go. The shredded wheat one is definitely. That would be up there. Shredded, yeah, I couldn't actually find the shredded wheat. So there's there's some we're going to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, I sadly couldn't find the shredded wheat one. But, I mean, that's an insane number. Uh, he earned about the contemporary equivalent of about $75,000 a day oh for his goodness. commercial work. That's a... That's a you know, right? That's a lot of money. That's what I was about to say. You know, a guy like me, that's a lot of money. That's so weird, because, like, ads... I do wonder how lucrative... Uh, I don't know much about celebrity advertising in the past. I do imagine nowadays they can pretty much request what they want and they're like the guy. You know what I mean? Like it's just like we need the endorsement. We have nothing without the endorsement. You know what I mean? So yes. it's like you could be a bit of a dick. I imagine there's a lot of big leaking. Absolutely. Um, I imagine that happened a lot with And there's a huge a lot of uh, there's a great deal of uh, legal wrangling that goes into this stuff as was discussed on a previous episode. That was mm. rich. Oh no, that episode is lost time. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, <Guess> no. <laughs> I forgot. As was, lost time, as was discussed uh, in uh, our tree falls in a forest episode, yeah. <laughs> which as discussed in our Library of Alexandria episode. Uh, yeah. That was really good. Um, between 1970 and 1976, Orson Welles was working on what was to be his last film, though it went unfinished until very recently, The Other Side of the Wind. Uh, thousands of hours were shot for this, uh, and by 1975, uh, he had only edited 42 minutes of film, uh, having spent hundreds of thousands of dollars of his own money on oh, this. You hate to see it, honestly. That's like a rough... Yeah, yeah it's yeah. rough. Um, uh, it, that year, 1975, he received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the American Film Institute uh, and showed up 
rattling his little coin cup, desperate for money. Really, or just asking his like rich friends to give him money. Or his like... rich friends and, and, and the fans who had bestowed this award upon him, uh, and fucking no one gave him shit. <laughs> Which is what makes this, I think, an interesting topic for this podcast, because you know this is someone who found instant success and a fair amount of money very early on, but by the end of his life was completely... He was poor desperate. in a rich man's world, yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm literally, I don't know why, but I just imagine him in order to get money walking in and singing, Boy for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Who will take this boy for sale? Orson Welles' ran commercial for No bag boys. Controversy this week at the American Film Institute when Orson Welles tried to sell a boy. Um, punters at the event said that he tried to pass it off by singing, but uh, it, was, it did not fly. It did not fly. I hope. That was really good. Uh, right, I'm just gonna find my place a little That's bit. That's such a. There must be so much. I, I wonder how much. If he felt. Sh- this sounds weird, like, ashamed of asking for money. Or if he was just like, I'm Orson Welles, like, come on, like, you, you, you owe me this. There is a big debate about whether or not Orson Welles was embarrassed by all the work he had to do at the end. Uh-huh. Some people say that he regarded the people he worked with as cretins mm-hmm. and the whole thing as disgusting and farcical Mm -hmm. Uh, however other people say Orson Welles didn't mind he was a working actor and he understood the things you had to do to get money Uh, Kyle Calgren a YouTuber who makes a lot of videos about film you should Uh check out talks about how uh, this compares very well with the person Welles is compared to a lot Shakespeare which is that one of those things that those crackpots who like don't think that the working class guy Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare. Yeah. One of the reasons they think he couldn't have done it is because he put on these very like commercially driven plays. Yeah. And the idea that like an artist would have to earn money yeah, to get the lights on yeah, yeah. is just offensive to them. But you know, this is something everyone's had to do. You got it. Yeah. It's like um, you got yeah. You got to you got to make money because <laughs> you know in in this society to do things you need <laughs> money. <laughs> you require the cash. Um. So now, time has come. We're going to talk about some of these ads. Yes, please. Uh, so. I, 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 I'm very into this. I love I love weird celebrity ads. They're, they're honestly one of my favorite things. Like, I, I really... Like, the George Clooney Nespresso ads, they are... I'm obsessed with the world that it creates. I, yeah, I mean, that cinematic universe where it's like... I believe it's called the Every Woman Wants to Fuck George Clooney More Than They Want Coffee cinematic yeah. universe. While George Clooney just wants coffee. <laughs> it's like... Okay, go. So, at this point in his life, Orson Welles was hired by wine company Paul Masson, who were a low-end wine company looking to make the shift up into mm. the upscale wine market. I, I would say this is the most infamous uh, Orson Welles uh, ad. Ad. Um, so, these uh, the ads were fairly bog-standard. They involved Orson Welles singing the praises of them, looking very classy. Some of the ones were praised as being quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were always rumors that there were outtakes circulating uh, on VHS. Uh, and eventually, particularly with the rise of the internet... Uh, they have been immortalized where it is we'll get into what why this exactly happens look this up if this clip isn't enough for you but it's beautiful it this is, is the outtakes from orson welles's paul masson wine commercial action He's not the kind of drunk you'd think he'd be. No, exactly. I mean, all the gregarity is gone. Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out that bit at the start where uh, he stays motionless <laughs> like the statue and goes, they don't do anything. That is me whenever I'm asked to do any task. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone else want to start <laughs> just so I don't have to? That's me if I see someone fall over. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
So amazing, the best. That is Christmas me. I love it. (laughs) It's so I love it so much. Um, so the no one knows exactly why Orson Welles is like this on set. Obviously, he's drunk, but that is sort of alleged. Um, as part of his contract, though, Wells was meant to have elaborate lunches prior to filming, oh, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. how fuller is it to put a lunch clause in how, <laughs> how elaborate are we talking, like, you know, uh, uh, like, like scientifically astounding level, <laughs> um, like, yeah. like Heston Blumenthal like, style stuff, or is it just like I think, six crabs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it mean, means more like... Uh, latter-day Roman Emperor shit. Like, yes, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Bring me a boar! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there's a boar's head written into every contract that I ever do. <laughs> um, uh, one of the advertising executives involved recalled that uh, Wells found it, quote, barbaric <laughs> not to begin a meal with soup. Uh, and oh, you know what? He's not, he's not <laughs> far off. I thought that was going to be Bordiva-ish, but I, I, I know. Soup's pretty classy. <laughs> What kind of soup? Just soup in general? I mean, I think liquid food is the point. That, like, I think, I think, as you said, in terms of class, I think, I think it was a coarse thing. I think mm-hmm. you, know, you can't go straight into eating eating pheasant that's been chilled sure. with your own hands. No doubt, no you doubt. You have to eat a soup first. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the executive also commented on Wells' lunchtime drinking. Uh, Orson liked Paul Maison's Cabernet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he often called the ad agency and instructed, "Send more red." The agency <laughs> sent more red. So it's largely thought. Uh, that this is what led to the state he's in. Yeah, that is going to send more red. <laughs> and you'll just get it. Like, I don't have to say why. Like, There's a message in the Telegraph. So <laughs> three words. <laughs> send more red. What could it mean? <laughs> um, I don't know where... What's, um, <laughs> what's so wild? Gross. This is a, a very weird and turbulent relationship. Uh... This is a very strange and turbulent relationship from uh, everyone's drunk uncle, mm. um, because Wells was quite critical of the work. Uh, he of the ad, of of the ad, and of in particular of the company in general. So he was reported to have said, "Come on, gentlemen, now really, you have a nice, pleasant little cheap wine here. You haven't got the presumption to compare it to a Stradivarius violin. It's odious." Wow, which sounds like him. He got his vowels in there, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, they can't just say shit's up, man. Yeah, I know. He has to like. <laughs> I find your whole method deplorable. What, um, I'm, what I'm liking is that he's at the end of his tether with no money, and he's still <laughs> being this much of an asshole. Dude, you don't know how there's some mad stuff he did. Um, he also said, "I have never seen more seedier, about to be fired, sad sacks than were responsible for those Paul Masson ads. The agency hated me because I kept trying to improve their copy." Wow. Improve their copy. Yeah. Yeah, I try to improve the recipes. That's a radical interpretation of the text. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Maison, on the other hand, were largely quite happy with it. They reported that about uh, wine sales went up by about 30% while the ads worked, and they largely worked to boost uh, the profile. I wonder if uh, those stories helped uh, sales as well, you know what I mean? If they were circulating, if there was enough gossip Mm. around... Because sometimes that happens, like you hear a story about, ooh, they're, they're like... Like yeah. outrage uh, marketing now. Well, you'd really hope so, um, because as we'll see from our next clip, mm-hmm. Orson Welles' infamous uh, outtakes from the Findus Frozen Peas commercial, mm-hmm. uh, Orson Welles was liable to do this on set. Uh, here you go. So this is an ad for Findus Frozen Food, which is actually a British frozen food company, and it's for frozen peas specifically. I don't understand you, then. when must What must be over for July? Um, when we get out of that snowy field, 
when I was out, we were onto a can of peas, a big dish of peas when I said it. A delicious dish of peas. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. <laughs> wow, yeah, oh my day is petty. That's just stupid. In July. I'd love to know how you emphasize in and in July. What is so strange to me is the weird, like, he literally sounds like he's calling that, I've got your kids. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we know. Yeah. <laughs> it's really wow. It's, it's so, um, his, his reaction's so visceral. It's not like, also, wow. <laughs> As a temperamental it, yeah. artist personality reacting to, to bad <laughs> copy about did. frozen peas, but he's doing an yeah. ad about frozen peas. Yeah, not, um, good, not good stuff. Uh, another similar story accompanies this one. Uh, way worse, actually. Orson Welles really fucked around the Findus uh, guys. Um, so this is a story from Jonathan Lynn, an actor and uh, collaborator of Wells. Okay. Um, and he said that one night, Wells told us about his voiceover for Findus Frozen Peas. Mm -hmm. Quote, an ad agency asked and called me to do a voiceover. I said I would. They said, would I please come to an audition? Audition, I said. <laughs> Surely to God there's someone in your little agency who knows what my voice sounds like. God, I can't. Well, they said that they assume... Well, they said they knew my voice, but it was for a client. So I went in. I wanted the money. <laughs> feel you. Me every day. I was trying to finish Chimes at Midnight. I auditioned, and they offered me the part. Well, they asked me to go to some little basement studio on Wardour Street. I demanded payment in advance. After I'd gotten the check, I told them, I can't come to Wardour Street next week. I have to be in Paris. I told them to bring their wow. little tape recorder to meet me at George Sink Hotel, George Sank Hotel, next week, Wednesday at 11 a.m. So they flew over to Paris, came to the hotel at 11, were told that I checked out the day before. I left them a message telling them to meet me in Venice. They did. I told them to meet me there on Friday. When they got there, I was gone. <laughs> they found a message telling me to come to Vienna. What? Now he was laughing uproariously. I made them chase me all around Europe with their shitty little tape recorder for 10 days. They were sorry they made me audition. What? What? All for that. All for that. All for making him audition. Sorry, a regular part of your job. Also, well, <laughs> you do this thing for me. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. What oh, a hack. I will. Remember I he's... will rain fire down. <laughs> you answer my riddles. You shall no pain. Findus frozen foods. <laughs> I will rain. Oh my god. That's a lot. Talk about Papa John's Day of Reckoning. I mean, holy <laughs> shit. He doesn't wow. have, Remember, he's likely getting paid 75000 yeah. for this. Amazing. Oh, the audacity. The absolute audacity. The nerve. Um, uh, so another one that Orson Welles uh, was in was an ad for Jim Beam Whiskey mm. uh, with his uh, daughter. There's no video of it. It's not oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. one of the downer at Jim Beam, which is funny to me. <laughs> Uh, and the ad is this kind of like, you know, sentimental thing about a generational gap and how mm. you know, they both drink Jim Beam. I mean, not that anybody's heard of Orson Welles' daughter, but, mm. um, but weirdly, Orson Welles just can't not be weird about anything. Uh, he called this particular stint the most innocent form of whoring I know. <laughs> the thing he did with his daughter. Oh, yeah, weird, yeah. Normal man. My dad says that to me. We, never, we don't see each other that much. I've got to tell you, this is the most innocent poor. <laughs> this just doesn't, this doesn't no. compare to the, to the really sordid whoring I yeah. do. <laughs> I gotta say, if I was to stack this against all the whoring that I do, he says, the, in most innocent form. This I, comes I'm for that, right. I'm thankful. Uh, yeah. I'd just like at this point to show Dan a photo, and we'll put this in the bio. Sure. This is a photo that accompanied a big New Yorker profile I read of Wells uh, for this, which is very good. Maybe we'll uh -huh. put the link to that in there as well. But 
the funniest fucking image is this was oh my days it's so long what the hell it's kind of the effect is kind of ruined it's like Spider-Man into the Spider-Man <laughs> animation with Kingpin he like. looks exactly yeah I mean he, Orson the big chungus well <laughs> Juicy chunk as well. What an absolute unit. Sure, actually, honestly, the word absolute unit (laughs) describes Orson Welles to a T. Absolutely. Orson Welles was an artistic, uh, a advertising, and a physical unit. An absolute fucking unit. Andrew Neil should do more ads. He would bring that gravitas. Absolutely. He's a similar energy, and he's also a chunk boy. He's also he also sweats from sitting down <laughs> and hasn't felt circulation in his knees in ten years. Imagine explaining the word chunk and the cultural landscape of it to Andrew Neil. <laughs> but I mean you wouldn't need to because you just say you live it, man. You know, you, you don't need to know what a chunk is. Words do not capture it, who you experience it. I just wonder how uh if 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 in this day day and age of, of conjuring uh, CGI versions of dead actors, as, as which it may become the norm, we might also might return. Absolutely, um, I have a very strong feeling about exactly this. So I have a question to ask you. Okay. Um, if you could see Orson Welles advertise any product, what would you want to see him advertise? Uh, oh, uh, Gamer Girl bathwater. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like it's a question? Like, like... <laughs> no. <Whenever> <laughs> There is <laughs> the outtakes on set. After a long day of playing, <laughs> of playing the goose chase game or whatever, <laughs> I'm not a gamer. No, enough. Steeped in the juices of the finest feet. <laughs> I'm only, I'm only the finest thoughts. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yes, Delphine. <laughs> Language in the waters. <laughs> Orson Welles' OnlyFans, which is the outtakes of him screaming (laughs) at the damn gamer girl. The tepid female juice. (laughs) What's he even bubbles in a fucking room? (laughs) Before uh, recording, Welles was known to, you know, consume a lot, writing to the studio, send more (laughs) backwater. More purple. I don't understand the point of it. I I, I drank liters of this stuff and I I feel no different. Oh, boy. Um, My my opinion on this is very strong. As you mentioned with the the age of reviving stars in Hologram. Sure. You know, Orson Welles... That's uh, a very good point. What? That's a good point. (laughs) You seriously interrupt me to back back. (laughs) I'm feeling inspired by Orson. I'm just going to be a dick and ruin this. <laughs> just so everyone thinks I own a millions of years later. So I'm the podcast demon. <laughs> want me to riff on this? That's what you've, that's what you've got. <laughs> uh, the current age of advertising, you know, what is the new thing? is targeted ads. You know, sure. micro-targeted things very specifically for you. And I'd like to think that if Orson Welles had lived long enough, he'd have been one of the first targeted celebrity ads. So they would have developed things that, you know, track what you do based on the algorithm and then cobble together footage of Orson Welles that would say, ah, I've seen you've been browsing plimsolls. (laughs) Let me tell you, a gentleman is not fit without his plimsoll. And you have to turn off cookies. Orson Welles can't follow you around. My Orson Welles impression, by the way, only good in that first. I know, one. and both of us are trying. I know, and so I'm trying to revive it, and, and, and like I'm, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting anywhere close. I'm it's a really enjoy. difficult. I'm just voice. enjoying myself. <laughs> I'm just feeling myself. Orson Welles, end of his life, uh, mm. is rather sad, but actually, I really like it, and I think that. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, we mystify what artists are um, and what they do a lot. And getting to see Orson Welles wrench his way through an ad, um, I find really humanizing, and I think it's really good, and I wouldn't have it any other way, and I'm very glad. Yeah, you know, that's a nice, that's a nice wholesome end, I think. I like that. That's a nice, yeah. Was that everything you wanted to talk about? about Yeah, that's about it, unless you have any, any, any closing... I, I think I, I really like you know because this is I obviously knew the the famous uh, uh, the Port Masson one. Port Masson. Port Masson. Sorry, sorry. Um, you've had about as much attention as he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't know he did that many, and I I'm, I'm glad that he was just a tremendous dickhead the entire time. I know. I mean, I think as I said before, I actually think the broad relationship was genial. Those are just some of the more yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, amusing. Well, that was the best it got was was that. Um, I think as well as like um, I, I'm glad now that I'm more educated on his ad career than I am on his actual career, which Absolutely. I know zilch about. Exactly. <laughs> I am the same. I have seen more of these ads now than I've seen Orson Welles films. And I know they're shorter, yeah. but I definitely think I've watched the Paul Masson one feature length time. I've watched it <laughs> enough times to piece together to that it adds yeah. up to a director's cut of the yeah. Paul Masson. Um, do you want to do the Wonka scale? Um, I kind of do, yeah. Okay, I think um, the Wonka scale, if you haven't listened before, is when we decide uh, we're, we're a figure uh, or, or uh, if, we've talk, if we're talking about a figure, where they fit on who we think is the archetypal bonkers rich man, Willy Wonka. Yeah. Um, okay. And this, the Wonka scale uh, sums up the use of wealth and the uh, how much of a dick they were. Yeah. Um, two scales out of ten. How good is it? How bad is it? Basically. A hundred. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. We're still figuring it out. I don't quite understand it. Yeah, I'm not sure get it either. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of these pod things you got to have. I'd say balanced. It's very indicative of you get nothing. Like, it's that energy. Yeah, of absolutely. Um, yeah, it's very wonky, actually. Um, so I'd say, actually, honestly, uh, it's very wonky. I was so in for that. I'd say an eight for good. Um, as, as far as getting close to Willy, Willy Wonka, it's actually. Um, Good because it is brings that what me. The scale I, is, isn't it? Isn't it how much we enjoy it? Hang on, let me say again. Sorry, to be like Willy Wonka. Let me say again. Sorry, on the Wonka scale, it brings me so much joy, and it does seem like feelings were the only downside, the only suffering thing. Uh-huh. So in this case, I'd say uh, it's an eight as far as joy goes. Also, uh-huh. though, like, come on, you you don't don't do something when you're desperate. Don't beg for money and then feel like, why the fuck am I here? I'm so much better than this. Exactly. But also, yeah. I kind of love that. So I'd say, uh, and on a dick level, obviously, it's it's full ten. That's like full unprofessionalism. Trying to really? take control, of the, taking control of the whole thing. Of I don't like, think it's that bad. That's interesting. So I would say, yeah, like an eight, uh, maybe an eight point five. Then again, we should say ten. Of bad is genocide. Yeah, so exactly. Actually, I'll step it down. Some it's of the like people three. we've done, I'd yeah, it's like a three. Yeah, three I would say like an eight for how good it is because I think not only does it bring me a lot of joy, mm-hmm. but I think it uh, humanizes uh, a figure who definitely, I mean, the way people talk about this guy is like he was a genius, and that's really obnoxious because he's yeah. a person like anybody else. Yeah. And Man, you can't watch uh, a man rant and rave about frozen food mm-hmm. and not realize he's like me. I rant about frozen food yeah, all the time. Yeah, you should yeah, hear yeah. me about the Aldi pizza. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, on the badness <laughs> scale, I'm gonna say I'm gonna even say like a two. Yeah. Because I think it's you know experience, yeah. he had to make a buck, uh, and he was you should, okay. Don't show up to work drunk. Yeah. Uh, but by and large, he wasn't too difficult to work with. <laughs> sure. uh, 
and and uh, I stand. <laughs> I stand. I stand. <laughs> I stand. One of the uh, most famous artists of the twentieth century. I think he. I, yeah, I really like this story. Actually, it's really weird, and it's nice knowing um, that, that there was sellout culture back then. You know, I feel like we sometimes yeah. think sellout culture is a very new thing. I like it's. It's called cool learning that it's not. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, closing thoughts on 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 the episode, or is there anything else you want to? Um, get into? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, something really pretentious, but I don't know if I should do it. No, I'll go for it. Are you sure? Okay. It's already a pretentious podcast. So. Okay. Uh, Francois Truffaut uh, described all of Orson Welles' works as being meditations on the weakness of the strong. And so he takes figures like Citizen Kane, who's a big, you know, uh, media mogul, and exposes the kind of inner fragility. Uh, and goddamn, if that isn't what these videos are, <laughs> to show how grand and how truly absurd he was at once. And... I think that's great. I think that's true. That's a you know what? That's a nice, that's a nice note to end on. I think uh, okay. I've really enjoyed this. I've enjoyed it a lot too. Uh, yeah, well, mostly because I didn't have to do work. Yeah, uh, exactly. You just got to show up and and wretch and heave like a still, like a Bronte sister. And still, I was the dumb one. <laughs> All I had to do was just react to things, and I still was just like, oh, huh. there was no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you did great. Um, right, that'll be us this week this time on that's rich next week dan will be bringing a strange weird yes, thing from the history of wealthy strange things and telling it to me and we'll be having a good time then as well i hope you've enjoyed this episode yeah and if you're looking for updates if you like our stuff if you like what you're listening to uh, we're on facebook uh, our page is called it's that that's rich podcast if you just search that's rich and we're on um uh, twitter is uh that's oh that's underscore rich uh, podcast um, and on Instagram it's that's rich podcast as well um, but okay. also thanks to Josh Wrighton for writing our theme tune yeah uh, you can find all his stuff on Spotify he just I think he a couple weeks ago now but in the new year won't be he released it there's a full album that he put out on there so check that out he's a really sweet guy thanks Josh a lot I love the theme um, uh, so <laughs> yeah and join us next week uh, I've been Daniel I've been Rory and this has been that's rich bye bye